0: And I can't die today, I cannot die today. And do you know why I can't die today? Because I haven't done enough for my son. So timing's really important. And I believe that timing plays a big, big part in people's success, yep. Um, You know, you can have the the, the best idea at the wrong time and the best idea won't execute. Yeah, and you can have a bad idea at the right time and it will probably work out better for you. But this idea was the right time because the Trade Mastermind had grown and we'd had some good frontline products, what I call tipping point products. and bringing people into the ecosystem. And then those products were starting to run dry. They'd hit the market for a year and a bit. You know, sales were starting to dwindle. You know, they weren't as popular as they once were. The marketing had gone a bit stale, and we needed something to kickstart um, the next wave of energy, creativity, cash flow, profit, revenue in the business. So, whenever I am looking for that next idea. I got to get inspired and so I went to the mastermind not knowing what was going to come but knowing that if I went to a mastermind and surrounded myself with the right people that usually as a creative and somebody that has visions you know I know if I put myself in the right environment something can happen and it sparks an idea so the bit, the dif- the difference between an idea and um Uh, the execution of that idea is the action in between. And this is where people fall down. They get a good idea and they underestimate the amount of action required to get the job done, or they don't act with enough speed that they never get the job done because they don't start Um, And people talk themselves out of things too easily. It could be a great idea in a brainstorming session, but by the time you've left um, that brainstorming session, you then start to question, you know, oh shit, this is actually a lot of work. And I'll give you a real life example of how that's just happened to me on the exact same product, yeah? So half a million quid in four weeks is pretty impressive. We took idea to concept, to um, (coughs) action immediately. And we just went in a week's time, we promoted a date to our database, and then we started something we call Discovery Days where we give away free content. I brought some multi-millionaires from the local area, I did podcast with them, and then I dropped the product. That was how we sold it, we sold out in four weeks. Amazing stuff, half a million quid, really, really good product launch, probably the most successful that I've done today. Now. Um, The Millionaire Mastermind 2.0, I sold it for, you know, the first version, I sold it for 15 grand a ticket. Now, I wanted to sell this one for 25K a ticket to 50K a ticket, and I want to bring 100 people there. But the clientele of the Trade Mastermind, 25 to 50K based on the size of the businesses is probably a stretch too far for a good majority of them to be able to invest in, because they're focused on investing in their businesses and so on and so forth. So I need to go to the next size up of businesses, which is the one to 10 million mark. Yeah, revenue mark. Now, that means acquiring new customers in new markets in sectors where we don't have quick wins. It's not just about launching it back to your customers, customer base, which was what allowed me to do the easy bit before, was everybody that we sold to, we had existing relationships with. So if you're looking to build um, successful product lines, the first people you go back to is sell it to your existing customers. You don't go and take everything to new customers. It has to go back to your existing customers because you know we do about 75% of our revenue comes from existing customers month in, month out. And so you want to keep creating great products, great ideas and remarketing it back to your loyal customers who already trust you, already like you. Want to do business with you, and that's how you get fast results. You know, you having a bad sales month, go to your existing customers. You having a good sales month, go to your existing customers. You know, there's so much opportunity there to continue to impress and make more money. So I was here on Saturday and I started to do the millionaire math. Right, right, well, I'm gonna do this event, it's gonna cost me you know, about half a million pounds in speakers, it's gonna cost me about 300 grand in event fees, and by the time any miscellaneous stuff comes in, I'm almost at a million in. Yeah, a million in to do the event over the six-month period. So that's cool. <clears throat> so that's cool, I'm a million in. Happy with that, no problem. But then that means, that if I'm a million in, I can't sell it for 15 grand and limit it to 50 spaces because by that point, it would only be what? Um, about 750 grand. So I'll be a loss of a couple of hundred K. So this time I've got to upgrade the amount of people that I bring, i.e. hundred. The venue's much bigger. I've fought bigger, I've fought better, I've fought badder. And we're launching it at the Gherkin and it's t- staying fixed this time at the Gherkin. It's got an incredible, incredible venue. So a real pull. So I thought, well, I need to sell 100 of these tickets. And if I do them at 25 grand a pop, it's going to make me 2.5 million in revenue. I've dropped a million quid in, so I'll make a million and a half. I've set myself until December to sell it out, so I'll make 1.5 million in profit by December, best case scenario, if I sell all of the tickets for 25 grand. If I sell some for 50, some for 25, and some for 15, and some for five, because I'm going to do a virtual stream option, then I could either just about get to the 2.5 mil, or I might be able to take it to more three or four mil, which is great. But then I'm starting to say, right, okay, as I'm starting to build out, who are we going to sell this to? Well, you know, I need to get to bigger businesses. Have I, have I got access to them at the minute? No. Where can I get them? I can get them from Facebook ads, I can get them from, you know, joint venture opportunities with other businesses that have access. And then you're starting to quantify all of the things that you need to do to get the job done. Yeah, and the more that I was writing how much work needed to go into getting this job done, the more and more it was becoming a bigger and bigger task. Whereas I believe the first time round, when I did it, I was so excited about it, and I was so naive to what it was going to take to sell it that actually that was a benefit to me. People think that experience is excellent. Naivety is an asset because you attack things with um, you know no preconceived ideas of what it actually takes to get the job done. So you start to be more realistic, and you start to you know question, and you start. To extend time frames to give yourself more time rather than going at it blindly. Now, I do think there is a really important mix between naivety and experience, and you want to try and strike the balance of the two. You don't want to, you know, um, go all in like an idiot, and you don't want to sit down and be so conservative that you don't pull the trigger and lose what got you there, which is what I was talking about in the beginning, which was those old habits, the underdog habits that got you to where you are now. You know, I watch Cardone, Grant Cardone a lot, and he says, what's the difference between a millionaire and a billionaire? And he says, habits and their thinking, and that's it. Because a millionaire, the problem with a millionaire is a millionaire gets there, and then they've got something to protect. But the reason that millionaires became millionaires, in most cases, is because they didn't have anything to protect, and so they were willing to put it all on the line. But then they get a few million in the bank, they get a few investments, they get a nice house, nice homes, nice cars, and then actually they start to realize that this is better to be protected and preserved than it is to keep putting it on the line and keep risking it. Whereas a billionaire, their mission is so big, their vision is so big, That this bit in the middle, they they just don't even question about protecting it or not because it's not about the wealth. It's usually about changing the world. Yeah, they're not billionaires are here to change the world. They aren't here to create wealth, and it's their way of thinking that gets them to change the world. Whereas millionaires, they aren't here to change the world. They're here to change a sector, not changing the world. They change a sector, and then when they change the sector, they create wealth off the back of it and then they want to preserve that wealth and that's fine you know there's nothing wrong with that millionaires amazing achievement incredible achievement but if you want to be a fucking billionaire you literally need to keep going and i question myself and i say how fucking bad do you want it and how far are you prepared to go now i made a lot of money in my 20s i built a multi-million pound business and i lost it and the reason that I've been able to build another multi-million pound business in probably a third of the time it took me to build the first one was because I had nothing to lose. So I attacked it with the same energy that I created um, on the first time round. And, you know, people don't like being broke and they think that it's horrible to be broke, and it isn't nice, but actually it's a level of freedom that um, people don't appreciate until you've got something to lose. Then, when you've got something to lose, you become—it's very difficult to not fall into this middle-class mindset of preserve what you've created and stop because you know it's better to have something than nothing, and you know you've done all this work to get there. And you know I question you know what I will do, but clearly losing it all gives you that gives you that edge that just makes you dangerous it just makes you dangerous you're so dangerous because you've got nothing to lose you know it makes you it makes you dangerous to everybody around you because the competition they 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 just you know they're coming from a place of where they've already created some level of success and i want you if you're listening to this to keep that dangerous edge you need to be dangerous You need to be dangerous. You need to have that edge. You need to be feared. You need to fear yourself. You need to fear what you are capable of. That's the excitement. You need to be, um, you know, you need to be a force to be reckoned with. And you don't want to lose that edge. You don't want to get comfortable. Comfortable, comfortable, comfort zone, mediocre is where you go to die. You need to continue every day to awaken the beast within, to awaken that mindset. And, you know, I I go through this process every day. It is a daily igniting of the monster within. And it starts at 5 a.m., it doesn't start, you know, at 10 o'clock in the morning, or when I've rolled out of bed and got my coffee, and you know, I'm in the routine, it's up, eyes open, and I have to awaken the beast. Now, if I'm not in my apartment and I'm in my car and I'm rolling out of wherever I'm at, I'm going into my car straight away, and it is literally saying my routine. I have a routine of what I do each morning, every morning, Um, and then I'm starting to use audio and all of the stuff that you know. Um, is a positive message that's going to awaken this and I recommend that you guys do that as well. You've got to ignite it from the minute that you wake up to the minute that you go to bed and you need to have that hunger. There comes a time in every business person's life, every entrepreneur's life, every every person's life that you start to go stale. You start to level off. Life just loses its fucking edge, its excitement and You'll notice this, you know. If you ever don't want to get up and you don't want to go to work or you don't want to do what you're about to do, you know you've gone stale, yeah? And just because you own a business and it's your business and you're going to build the company because it's yours, it doesn't mean that those same feelings can't kick in or won't kick in. And, you know, there are periods where you have to um, dig deep and remember what your why is because that is what gets you through the times where things are gone have gone stale, or things are stagnant, or you're just uninspired for whatever reason. You know, I used to try and be inspired every day. And I used to get upset and angry with myself when I wasn't waking up inspired. And then I remembered that you're not gonna, then I started to learn that you're not gonna be inspired every day. You're not gonna wake up every day ready to go to war. And so you, on the good days, you cherish it. Like this morning, it's Monday. I've been in since quarter past six, I was up a quarter to five, and you know, I was excited today. I woke up like ready to go. I'm like excited to get to work. I want to attack it. I want to attack it. I want to be at work. I don't want to close my eyes and go to sleep because I don't want to switch off from what I'm currently on. I'm high on fucking legacy right now. I'm high on the future of where I'm going. I'm high on this creation. People will say to you, do you want to switch off? I've heard this a lot over the years. You need to learn to switch off. Every time I see you, all you're ever doing is talking about this and talking about that. Don't you do anything to relax. I don't want to fucking relax. Why would I want to switch off from my future? Why would I want to switch off from my dreams? What am I going to switch off from? I need to be able to operate in high performance. If you're telling somebody to switch off, yeah, what are you telling them to do? You're telling them to forget about their dreams, to forget about their goals, to dumb themselves down, to relax, to stop thinking about anything. Why would I want to stop thinking about it? If I stop thinking about it, it's not going to become real. Why would I want to switch off from my goal, from my dreams, from my legacy? You know, the last time I looked, Yeah, my um, bills aren't going to pay themselves. The last time I looked, my dreams don't turn into reality without action. So why on earth would I want to switch off? And I've never really understood it. I've understood it if you don't set goals. I understand it, sorry, if you don't set goals. I understand it if you don't have dreams. I understand it if you don't have a legacy to build, but that's the wrong way to do things in my opinion. Yeah, my, my, my advice is, the only way that you can counter that feeling of, reg- that feeling of you know not wanting to get up the next day is to do something that inspires you and to have something to chase. There's gotta be something to chase. If you're not chasing the next level, if you're not chasing the promotion, if you're not chasing the pay rise, if you're not chasing the next level of opportunity, if you're not chasing bigger goals, if you're not chasing bigger challenges, if you're not trying to beat who you were the previous day, Then of course you're going to be uninspired. It's quite obvious, isn't it? No one wants to go and go for the same routine. Who wants to go to work and do the same fucking thing every single day for the next 40 years? I don't. And I don't want to create a company where people have to work to do the same thing each day, every single day. I want to give them opportunities to level up. Now there are plenty of people out there that do want to do that. And again, you know, we're all on different wavelengths and we've all got our own different ideas of you know what we want from life. But my, I believe that my way is the right way, and I will build a business and create training programs and opportunities to give people the opportunity to do both. Because I do think that choice is important. And I do believe that a company cannot run with just everybody that's chasing promotion all the time because every single job would be overridden by the next job. Um, And also a company can't go anywhere with people that aren't chasing promotion. So the two go hand in hand here. You know, the two go hand in hand. And um, yeah, you know, you've got to have something to chase. You've got to have something to chase. But I just want to say like you know one of the biggest things that's kind of on my mind every day is right now is i can't die and i can't die today i cannot die today and you know why i can't die today because i haven't done enough for my son because if i go he's on his own when my dad left when i was 13 years of age he left me I wasn't prepared. I wasn't ready. I didn't know what was coming. I had to face life on my own. I didn't know what was coming. And you know, listen, I'm a man. Whether you're a 13 year old boy, a three year old boy, you know, or you're 20, you're a man, and you have to just get on with it, regardless. I believe I'm a big believer in you. You deal with the cards. You you play the cards you're dealt, and you have to keep going. Everything's happened for a reason. But you know. If you have an opportunity to give your future a legacy, your bloodline, your son, your family, the future generations an opportunity to level up, then that's why we are here. Every generation should look to level up the next generation and add value to that generation to make sure they're going into the next phase of the family's name with a better um, opportunity than what, it st- what they started with. So I cannot die today. I cannot die tomorrow, I cannot die in a week, I cannot die in a year, I cannot die in 10 years, I cannot die in 30 years, I cannot die in 50 years. I have to die when I'm 100. Now, I can only die when I'm 100 because at that point I'll be 77 years in and my little boy will be 75 at that point, yeah? And by the time he's 75 and I die at 100, I'll have done, no he won't, he'll be, what am I, 34? So he'll be like 60 something, right? He'll be 67, 68, you know, and by that time, he better be a man, yeah? He'll be a man by the time he's 16, because I'm going to be kicking him out as soon as he's 16, I'll say, right, you're out of for yourself right now. Go and get a job and go and see what the world is like. Yeah, look, you know, I left home when I was 17 and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. You know, people, one of the things my dad um, did for me, um, my dad didn't teach me much, but he taught me some of the, he taught me hard work principles through discipline that meant that, you know, from five years of age, we had to clean, we had to, you know, kind of do tasks around the home. And it was not pocket money driven, it was you're fucking doing it and that's it. If you don't do it, you're going to get a slap, and that's the best motivation that you can ask for. Um, And so, you know, I look back and I thank him for that because it it, it it allowed me to get my. And hands dirty, and I was willing to tackle anything and do anything, and that served me well. I watch some parents now, um, babying their children at you know ten years of age, twelve years of age, and they don't make them do any tasks around the home, or there's no responsibilities, and they do everything for them. You can't live like that, you know. No one can. No one can become a sex. No one can become a successful adult if the adult that they had doesn't show them how to become an adult. So I believe that getting your children out early is very, very important. You know, they need to go out and carve their own path. 16 to 18 is about the right age. I'm not going to kick him into the street. Yeah, you did record this. everything else. Woo! I was gonna say that's the best content, some of the best content I've done in a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um- so, yeah, look, I'm a big believer that you must send your children out early. They need to be gone between 16 and 18. And now, look, my kid is going to go to the best schools that I can get him into. So between 16 and 18, he'll probably be in a private school somewhere. I don't know, hopefully in London. And he might be boarding. But as far as I'm concerned, that's out of the house. He's not around his mum. He's not around me. He's out and he's, you know, fighting for himself. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, that's how it needs to be. He, he if he's by sixteen, if he does, if he's not already a millionaire at sixteen, then I failed him. He will be an independent millionaire at sixteen, right? He'll be a millionaire hopefully before that. I want to make him a millionaire by the time he's ten years of age, because if you te- you know. It doesn't matter. Age, age, age is just a number. It's it's knowledge. So if you have the right coach and the right mentor, if he's got me as his dad, then there's no reason why he shouldn't be able to do it. If anything, he should. There's more pressure on him to perform because he has um, the right mentor there. He has no excuses as to why he can't do it. He should already be very wealthy by the time that he's that age, and not because of what I've given him, but because of what I've taught him. And of course, I'm going to give him as much level up as he needs. Of I'm going to invest in his businesses. I'm going to let him try stuff. I'm going to let him fail. I'm going to let him succeed. I'm going to let him fail. I'm going to let him learn the hard way, but I'm going to give him a level up. That's without a doubt, you know? And I remember, you know, there's so many people that say, Yeah, but his dad gave him this, or his dad gave him that, that I've heard about other people. you know. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but you're not going to not do that for your kid. I don't want to build wealth, give it all away and give nothing to my children. I'm not of that mindset. These billionaires that say my kids aren't getting a damn thing, they're going to do it on their own. It's a waste. It's a waste. You know, say that again. It's a fucking waste, yeah, they're liars. I mean, do they really, they're not gonna give me anything, they're gonna give it all away. I think it's just more of a, it's it's a complete waste. You know, I'm not doing it for um, anybody other than the future of my family. We live in a tough world, and every family needs the one. Every family needs the one. And the question is, are you gonna be the one? Because I am the one, I am the one. And there's nobody in my family, in my bloodline, that is going to do what I've done, or is going to do what I'm going to do, should I say, because what I've done is scratch the surface. But what I've done, and I am the one, I am the name that is going to set the Valente name apart and is going to be the one. And the question is, what does the one mean? Well, the one means that one individual, and they come along every few generations, yeah? They're, They're the special one. The one that says, you know what, I'm not living um, this, um, I'm not living these circumstances, I'm not accepting these circumstances. I am going to be the one, the one that changes it all. And the one thing, again, my dad um, did for me was he gave me the opportunity to be the one. He gave me the opportunity to be the one because. I didn't and I don't ever want to become what he was. And so that means he's given me the opportunity to be the one. Because I had two choices. My dad was an alcoholic. My dad didn't work. My dad lost his way. He was was a troubled man and he lost his way. And now that I'm older, I can see that. I could see that he lost his way. Maybe if I would a chat with him now, um, with where I am in my life, maybe I could have saved him. Maybe if I was his age when he was losing his way, I could have stopped it. That's never gonna happen because life doesn't work that way. But he was a troubled man and he needed support, he needed guidance and he he needed something. But you can't change somebody that doesn't want to change. You must remember that. You can't change somebody that doesn't want to change. Somebody that is ruining everything and doesn't want to stop it, yeah, needs help, but the first person they've got to help is themselves. The only person they can help is themselves first, but they've got to want change. You know, with any addict, with any alcoholic, you know, with anybody that's struggling with something, they must want change. The change has to be the um, addiction or the alcohol that's destroying them in the first place. They must want that change more than anything. And, you know, over a period of time, you will see that the desire for change in people that are struggling with addiction either becomes um, so powerful that it stops them doing what they're doing, or it becomes so weak that they destroy themselves. There's no in between. Yeah, the change has either become so powerful that they fix themselves or it becomes so weak that the alcohol and the addiction takes over and they destroy themselves. Um, But change is the key to all of this. So he gave me the ability to become the one because I realized and I could clearly see that that was not the road that I wanted to go down. And it meant that I had to create a new character. I had to become a different person. I had to become somebody that nobody's ever seen before in our family, in our in our in our world. And you know, I had to, I had to develop this character that was willing to change everything, that was willing to challenge everything, that was willing to think so big, um, so strong, so bold. That I needed to change our circumstances. I was never going to live those circumstances. I was never going to allow history to repeat itself. And there's something within me that burns so strong that I can't ever um, allow to be, you know, put out. And now that I've got a son, the fire is so burns so bright because when I look at him, anybody that's got a kid, you know, you got a two-year-old, they are vulnerable. They are so vulnerable. You know, they're just in their own little world, running around, they ain't got a clue what's going on. You know, they get a bottle when they want it, a dummy when they want it, a blanket when they want it, they get fed when they want it, but they don't know, they can't look after themselves. So if I go, if I die, he's on his own. You know, and imagine if we still lived in the jungle, or we still lived in the forest or the woods. Imagine what would be out there to get him. You know, and so it's kind of like the same world that we live in. Obviously, civilization's moved on a lot, but you know, he's still vulnerable in this world, and he still needs me. Now, you tap into that level of your why or your motivation, you will become unstoppable. If you truly, um, if you truly, truly um, own that as your truth, as your belief, you become unstoppable. You know, because of that i mean i use my son for so much motivation right now i'm so grateful that he's here because even on the workout even on a workout i'll use him even on a workout if i want to do that extra rep i'll see his little face and if he was standing in front of me and he was saying but dad come on like I'm looking up to you. You're gonna go, aren't you? You're gonna go one more time down. Or if I'm in the sauna and I'm desperate to get out, I'm thinking he's looking at me, saying, "Is my dad strong or is my dad weak?" And there's one person that I don't ever want to, see, I never want to, I never want him to see me as weak, and that's him. Um, so it's the greatest motivation that you could ask for. But your children are your legacy. Your children are your why. They are your motivation. You know, you can be, you can be very selfish. In the right way, using your children as your driver, using your children as your fuel. And everybody needs a purpose. Everybody needs a why. Everybody needs some reason to get up, some reason that's greater than you. You know, I remember I started my first business. It was because of my mum. I started my first business because I promised her, I promised her that I said I would put her into retirement that she was gonna live a great life because of the wealth that I was gonna create. That was my commitment to her. And I had a terrible, terrible teenage years. I was just absolutely, you know, I was an I was just the guy that you just, you didn't want as your son. I wasn't a good son for many, many years. From 12 years of age to 21 years of age, I wasn't a good son. I was, you know, a bad guy. and. I knew that I'd let my mum down. I knew that I hadn't been there for her. I knew that I'd been selfish because I'd made all of my problems about me. And, uh, I knew that I needed to change and I made a decision when I was a child that I was gonna make sure that one day I gave her back, because I saw my mum struggle. You know, if she got me something for my birthday, I wasn't an idiot. I knew it took her all year to save up. And I didn't really know, but I didn't realize, I didn't really know, but I knew she'd sacrificed that money for her. She never bought herself anything new. She never spent money on her. Everything went into us and the household. You know, and that's admirable. Um, and you know, I said I've got to give her back a life that you know she deserves. And I was able to put my mum into retirement when I was what, about 27 years of age. I remember I gave her a big bag of cash, and um, I paid her um, consistently year on year since then. And that's been what now five, six years. And I've always looked after her. I've always made sure she was able to retire. I paid off her her mortgage. You know, I've done all of this stuff because I saw it as my duty. But also, at the same time, like if you set yourself a goal to put your mom into retirement and you achieve it, there's only so much money my mom can spend, so I can't keep giving her more and more money and use that as the reason to grow my businesses. Now, like if I keep giving her more money, if I gave her a million a month, she would not spend it. If I gave her a 100 grand a month, she would not spend it. She doesn't spend the money I give her now. I don't know what she's doing with it. She's saving it up, I think, but um, I don't know why she's saving it, but my mum's very, very frugal. She doesn't waste anything. You walk into my mum's house and you take a piece of kitchen roll that you are not using for a very important purpose and you're in trouble. Yeah, that one piece of paper. I went around there the other day. She's like, why are you using that for? I'm like, because it's kitchen roll, I need to do it. She's like, if you want to blow your nose, it's toilet in the toilet roll. There's toilet paper. Don't use the kitchen roll. And that's, entire, that's how she is like, the kitchen roll is like a tear up from the toilet roll. You don't mess around with a kitchen roll and use kitchen roll for toilet roll um, purposes. So, you know, she just don't spend the money, which is just hilarious. You know, if, if you go and put the heating on, she'll put a jumper on. I'm like, just, just, just turn the heating on. I'm giving you more money than you can spend on the heating. Just put the heating on. I'm not going to put the heating on. Why would I put the heating on? Go and put a jumper on. I'm like, but it's freezing in there. And she's like, no, the heat's going on. So that's my that's mum. My but that's what allowed my mum, those behaviours are what allowed my mum to control and build a household on a very small income and manage it. So I'm not going to diss her for it. But that's just her way of thinking. It's not my way of thinking. That's not wealth creation. And so I need to be this person that's going to think differently to my mum and think differently to my family and think differently to the people around me because unless I change my mindset, then I am going to not be able to look after my mum and not going to be able to do the things that my mum need get the things that my mum needs or you know as she gets older and older and older I'm gonna have to look after her and so on and so forth so you need to have different thinking you don't want to replicate the thinking the thing what a lot of people miss is you know they become the same thinkers but they don't realize what's coming and I've always seen what's coming and I say well someone's got to look after everybody someone's got to step up and be the person that has the money that has the wealth that has created you know enough um enough enough activity to be able to protect the people when shit goes wrong. Because it's all good when stuff's going right, But when shit goes wrong, who are they going to call? And I know that I'm the guy that they're going to call, and you need to decide, are you the guy that they're going to call, and you need to be building your future around that phone call. Because when it comes, you do not want to be in a position where you can't help, yeah? Because then you're powerless, and then when they, and, and then when you need, they need your help. They won't say to you what they've said to you for a long time, which is, it's not all about the money. It's never about the money until it's about the money. That's what you must remember. It's never about the money until it's about the money. And money makes the world go wrong.